1: A woo a hand clap, or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com,
0: choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. group prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions 18+. Hey,
0: everybody. Dan here. Just a quick reminder that the new season, of Weird Islanders, the podcast begins this Friday, October 21st. We have an incredible premiere episode for you. You're going to love it, I promise. So check that out. If you're already subscribed to the Lighthouse Hockey podcast, you will get it directly in your feed. If you are not, you can always listen to it at the website, www.lighthousehockey.com. But that is on Friday, October 21st. Don't miss it because it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Weird Islanders, the podcast, is back. Thanks a lot. See you then. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me as always is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, we saw, in the words of uh, Star-Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy, a little good, a little bad, a little bit of both. Uh, we saw one game that was very much you know, uh, like what we saw last year, a gallant effort that just could not score for the life of them. And then we saw a complete dominating performance the likes of which we have not seen in many many years uh the next night so uh so far the islanders are one and one and uh you know there's there's a lot of good in there uh which we've seen the last couple of days which is nice to see very encouraging
1: yeah i think cautiously encouraged is maybe the best way to to put it because I'm, I'm not gonna say optimistic yet <laughs> um one th- th- there's a lot of noticeable things uh and, and i was at both games so i might have maybe missed the broadcast talking about them or maybe I'm completely wrong, but (laughs) um, it seems like there's much more intent when the Islanders turn the puck over Um, when they, when they steal the puck, when they, when they Mm -hmm. get take possession away from the other team. uh, It seems like everybody kind of springs into action quick and almost just beelines it towards the other zone. Yeah. Um, Whereas with under, trots the past few years they they were a counter-attacking side but because they were always so deep in their own zone defending and you know doing all the things that made them so great you know with the, that layered defense and structure it took it took a little while for it took it was a lot slower building i guess these these kind of counter-attacks uh now it's 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 you know straight up the ice uh on the rush and it it was a very even the pan the panthers game i thought was very pleasing on the eye mm-hmm. uh compared to uh what what trots was doing and everybody you me and everybody who lived and rooted through that trots experience n- we didn't care that mm-hmm. it the islanders were an affront to hockey <laughs> with the way they played and you know their kind of methodical pragmatic style um but when it doesn't work obviously it it, it becomes harder to, to to stomach and watch and uh so the the that Panthers game was so far from perfect but in terms of losses like that where uh you can kind of go back to a few last season the New Jer- the New Jersey Devils game comes to mind um when the Islanders got shut out bef- in the beginning of that 11 game losing streak where mm-hmm. you you just wanted them to kind of shift to like a plan B because you're like, all right, you're not scoring this way. (laughs) And they cannot, they kind of never did Mm. where with this, the way that they've started out of the gates, it seems like it's a much more of a, uh, there's like a lot more freelancing and and room for creativity uh, in terms of how they, they want to attack the other net. Um, So while that Panthers game, it felt like the Islanders weren't going to score. And when Dobson did score, I was shocked more than anything. <laughs> um, it it did feel different from the other games when, when, yeah. when you were convinced that if that game lasted 18 periods, the Islanders wouldn't score. Uh, so it was, it, it's taking a little bit to adjust to as well. Like watching this style. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> why, why is Anthony Bovillier flying the zone? Right. Doesn't he know he's got to like w- take a deep breath, count yeah. to three before before we leave, just to yeah. make sure we have possession?
0: Why like, is Oliver Walsh from getting a, a breakout headman pass and coming in
1: yeah. on a breakaway? You know, <laughs> like, wait, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, it's and the that that ducks game, uh, when when it starts to click, you're like, oh boy, like hmm. when it's working, it's. It, it, we often talked about Coliseum when, when the Islanders win games like that in the Coliseum, when they'd go up like five, nothing, n- nobody did a party like the Coliseum. Hmm. It felt like one of those, the on, on uh Saturday night against the ducks. Yeah. And part of it was because of how uh, wonderful the style looked uh, and how much fun it, w- it just was to watch the Islanders just rush and rush and rush. And, and I mean, that first goal was a perfect example of, of i guess this new kind of s- tactic or style of play yeah. would Scott Mayfield ends up being the the deepest guy on the <laughs> on, a, on an on man rush and scoring the first goal of the game so yeah. uh, from inside the blue paint so <laughs> uh, that that was great i mean yeah. like i said much more to be encouraged about than discouraged about uh and I, i'm sure we'll do it we, and that goes like on the player level not just the team level as well
0: yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely been a stylistic change from the two. And and the thing about like under trots that I thought about while watching these two games is that, you know, we did appreciate their defensive structure and the way they could just chew through teams. And basically you could see the other team getting demoralized over the course of the game against the Islanders. Just and by the end of the second or you know beginning of the third period, the other team was just like, man, screw this. Like, I don't want to deal with these guys anymore. Let me just get out of here and just be done with it. Um, but that started to kind of wear down. you know, it took them a while to get to that point in year one. Once they got there, they kind of rolled through the second half into the playoffs. They, you know, played a team that was way better, faster than them in Carolina. And that was it. But then the next couple of years, again, once they got to that point in the playoffs in the bubble, and then, you know, in the, the shortened season playoffs, they were really a sight to behold, um, while not putting up a ton of goals, this team so far for two games, is a completely different animal. And the, the thing was that in year four of trots, when they were playing for less, like we said last week, you know, by November that they, they could see the writing on the wall that they were going to have really a seriously uphill climb. They just weren't putting in the same kind of effort. They weren't putting in doing the things that they needed to do. and And I couldn't blame them because it had been four long years and three long playoff runs. And it was, it was hard, but now this team, like you said, is, is kind of full steam ahead. And it's, it's interesting to watch. And, uh in but that that's not just offensively either and there was a, so game one was a 3-1 loss to the florida panthers it was really a 2-1 loss because uh matthew kachuk scored an empty netter by the way if you listen to the 32 thoughts podcast and you heard the uh, jeff merrick kind of gloss over this so it might have been the jeff merrick show i'm not sure he he kind of glossed over this one, and he was like, uh, "Florida Panthers beat the Islanders three to one. Matthew Kachuk with some heroics there. <laughs> I guess if you want to call an empty net goal and a bunch of needless face washes heroics, okay, I suppose. But I it, didn't think his performance.
1: It, it was a great reminder of, of what the Islanders are. Yeah, in in terms of the, the, we're just here to to be a team for other. Yes. Storylines to emerge from, <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> yep. That's true. Uh, also, it made me think that if you're a Panther and you are, you have a heroic game, does that make you Black Panther? I don't know if it really works. <laughs> you have to go to the the Wakandan Tribal Council to to get that, that uh, designator. But in any event, uh, so, you know, there was some good in that game. Uh, they were 0-0 in the first. They had Islanders had 18 shots on goal. It was very good. They came out really flying for, especially considering how they had played for four straight years like for them that was really flying and i I mean you said you were at the game like i can't imagine that the atmosphere must have been like both excited and also a little bit confused
1: like whoa this yeah. is not what we're used to yeah it definitely was and, and and when the when the i want to start from the end like when when the islanders lost like it, it was a lot of people kind of went to the you know same old same old game. shit yeah, yeah <laughs> right but like <laughs> I think it dawned on a lot of people kind of like it did hopefully like it did with me. And and I think part of that also was it was, it was just pissing rain. So people were probably yes. pissed off that they now <laughs> have to go walk to their car in the rain. Um, but when on the at home, it started to dawn on me. I'm like, you know what? Like that didn't look like an Islanders loss mm-hmm. from last season. It, 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 it read like one, but the box were kind of lied a little bit. There were chances for the Islanders to win that game. Um, and, and I thought that there were some, Uh, bounces that just didn't go their way in the and one big one that went Florida's way uh Mm. the first goal which was you know Sorokin was spectacular yes uh, in both games and uh the first goal to beat him of the season was just like a shot off like a really lucky deflection from a very harmless looking play uh and so I didn't think it looked I thought the loss was encouraging but it, it really was shitty because we're so scarred from last season where every loss has the potential to be an 11 game losing streak right now. Like, like you just, especially one where you don't have a win yet on the Mm -hmm. season. So that um, I spent the next 48 hours kvetching that. Oh my God, if they lose to the ducks, then we're looking at two games. They're (laughs) 0 two. Everyone's just going to be like, yeah, I guess the Islanders are who they, who, you know, who everyone expected them to be. It's all this stuff. And, um, that, that, that was scary. That it was much more, that the context was scarier than the actual game. um, that said yeah like i think like there was you know what it kind of looked like a little bit was the team uh when you when you, when the islanders play the carolina hurricanes or when you watch the carolina hurricanes play there's like six or seven there's like always like a six or seven minute stretch where you're like how how are they not getting the puck out right you know how this yeah. team is swarming them and and they're batting pucks down and like off of half clears and Everything along the wall is sticking to the, to the to the player that's trying to stop it from getting, you know, the release, re- release valve or the outlet pass, and it kind of dawned on me on the ride home, like, okay, like that's kind of what we're looking at here. We're looking at a, a much more of a swarming attack than a uh, or a swarming pressure style defensive game, especially on the check, than a, uh, re- as Trotz was like relentless, but it came in waves. It was very structured. This one isn't as structured it's a little more manic and chaotic mm. uh but you see what how it's going to work like you, you're you like okay like that's watching you know radko gudis or kevin shattenkirk flub a clearance is one thing but then watching uh you know cam Fowler, he's got one option and ryan Pullock is is kind of cutting off ha- half of it and and able to knock it gl- down or glove it down and they're keeping the puck at the blue line and and then going back to work like that's it's going to be demoralizing in a different way. Whereas, like that, that the trot style kind of wore you down yeah. physically with people hitting you and just kind of always mm. and f- making it tough to 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 get through the neutral zone. This one's going to be tough to get out of your own zone. Yeah. Um, and famously, and Tr- like Carolina
0: Trotz's game plan didn't result in that many shots on goal, whereas right. Lamberts does. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, and it, I mean that was the the first period of the the season. They put up what fourteen or sixteen. I think they they took back a few. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it felt very, it very. It did feel a little bit like a kind of a Carolina style game where you are just every it's everybody's right. Everybody's just all action all the time. It's it's like a soccer like like these all action high winning the ball up the pitch kind of style presses, and uh, I think they call them a in press. I like always. Mispronounced the german word for it but um that that style would not you'd think it wouldn't work with this team because they're they're labeled as slow but they're late like and, and they're not quick like this isn't mm-hmm. a team with a lot of great you know quick guys but what they do have is 20 guys who are hell-bent or at least they're saying they are and i'm sure that they are because of what happened last year on succeeding yeah and if you get the effort this style works like it will work. Like that's the other thing about Carolina is like, for some reason that team just seems to put out max effort 70 times a season. <laughs> and that's part of why they're so good Where yeah. with the Islanders. If, if, if you are committed to the bit, uh, this style of, you know, press pressing hockey in your face, all 200 feet hockey will work. Um, because if you have one guy that's not doing it and then there was <laughs> one guy who I definitely will point out. Yeah. I was in, in a little bit, uh, if it doesn't work, it, it'll, Break down. you're going to be giving up three on ones.
0: yeah yeah no that's true that's all true uh i, I think the do, the players do respond to this i think that this is the kind of game that they've wanted to play it yeah, must years. be much more
1: fun yeah. oh yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> and again like you know they, they i think they all love trots but like after four years of that and being the very conservative team that they were and again it worked very well but i think they want to start pushing things up the ice and they sure did that especially in the first period against florida second period not so much. And this was where I was thinking like, okay, well that, that new style lasted all of one period because the second period, they ended up getting hemmed in their own zone a lot. And it was a shot from Radko Gudis that got tipped by uh, E2 Listeranen that made it one, nothing Florida. And I was like, all right, well now what's going to happen? The third period was better. Like you said, uh, Noah Dobson scored on the power play and you're like, okay, this is fine. It's a one, one game. You know, the, the, the Panthers are good. There wasn't going to be like a scoring bonanza. This is great. Thirty seconds later, Patrick Hornqvist, who, as I have said many times, is one of my all-time most hated players in this league. I I don't even want to get into the physical and emotional pain I would abu- use. I would <laughs> love to enact on this man because I just hate him so much. Scores on a wraparound with thirty seconds le- uh, later, and all of a sudden it went from being tied to being two-one. And again, like yes, the Islanders' style was different, but these are things that we've seen. Before the struggling to get one goal on the board, the giving it right back right afterwards, the, you know, the wave after wave of just nothing going on and like shots that are like, man, what are we doing out here? Um, And then, you know, they had chances at the end again, Kachuk hit the empty netter, but that was it. And it was over. And, you know, even though they did play a different style, I really can't blame anybody for thinking, yeah, that was kind of the same old stuff. Mm -hmm. But underneath there, there were some good things. They, they went five for five on the PK again. Panthers power play was very good last year. They killed off all five. Why they had five and the Islanders had like two. <laughs> that to do. That's a good question. I don't know. They were really good on face-offs. Uh, I thought Sezekis was, pre- was pretty good. He uh, Cal Clutterbuck missed the game. So Nikita Shostakov played, and I thought he looked pretty good too. Me too, yeah. Uh, but again, they spent a lot of time trapped in their zone. If you look at the underlying numbers, the Corsi was almost even. The Islanders had way more high danger chances for, and they, they had 32 shots. They, they had more shots than the Panthers did, but... All for a score that we've seen time and time again. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was like I like you said, it was, it was very demoralizing, and
1: I would have been pissed. Scary, off. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, was, scary it was, it was scary because, like we we talked a lot over the pa- uh, this entire podcast about moral victories and and kind of the Islanders have been a team that has more had more moral victories than actual victories <laughs> from nineteen ninety three to two thousand and fifteen, right. and we were kind of just sick of it uh and I wouldn't even call the first game a moral victory it' was kind of a half one uh and I was just it doesn't matter if the two points don't show up in the pocket because uh of what we went through last year and just knowing that oh if 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 they lost to the ducks then things i mean this podcast i don't I'm, <laughs> I don't even want to – no. i shudder to think um but i I think that there was a couple of people you pointed out right away like so Sorokin was great obviously i thought Sashnikov Shash, was kind of a a good fit there um for that line because he he play he plays and wears the same number of a player who (laughs) uh he really reminded me of and that was david Ulstrom. uh i thought you were
0: gonna say leo Komarov.
1: yeah no wait he
0: wears 41 yeah sasha cops
1: 41 yeah he's he's like he's like kind of got this like good long stride he really reminded me of Ulstrom because you're like wow man if this guy had you know better skill or whatever uh he'd be a real threat but uh you know, as David Ulstrom showed us, uh, <laughs> if, you, if you have four out of the five tools, you're not probably not going to make it. But I thought he 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 kind of was a good, com- weirdly good complimentary fit. The fact that they went to to Russia and got this guy who hadn't played in the NHL in three years or whatever, and he ends up being a fit for the third wheel on the line that has played together for the past twenty seven years, <laughs> uh, and anytime anyone else plays there, it never works. Is is right. really funny. Um, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought Cezekas was was really good. I thought uh, he, he, the, like Bovillier I thought was really good both yeah. games. I thought it started in that first game. I thought Alexander Romanov was as advertised, and in that second se- second game became even better because uh, as advertised was like this guy. He's he's the kind of high risk, high reward uh, in all facets of the game. He, he'll he'll absolutely punish people with hits, but sometimes he'll kind of lose where he's supposed to be to do to do that. And
0: yeah, they um, uh, were surprisingly uh, not driving play the way I thought they were having watched the game. That was Romanov The, the first Boston. game.
1: Yeah. 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 That yeah, that, yeah. I could see that um, a little bit like, but, but I think what with Romanov, he does his best work almost in, in his own zone, I think. Yeah. And, and in that second game, he he was really good. I thought in the offensive zone, I, I, I mean, he's, he's great. I want his number in the rafters already. <laughs> I, I just really love him. Um, and then the flip side was there was one player who was extremely noticeable uh, for the wrong reasons, and that was Kiefer Bellows, mm. who played – it took it took him a period and a half to get benched. The, the, which at, – at one point, I, I was sitting with our, our friend Desmond from the Through the Island podcast and my dad, and I just turned to him and I said – think bellows has been benched because his line was out there is bailey's mm. bailey Peugeot, and bellows and it was bailey Peugeot, and sikis and then it was bailey Peugeot, and lee yeah. or someone You see so, a lot of pajot with that out there yeah. in that game and the 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 thing the frustrating thing about it was he's everyone was on the same page after the preseason bellows he's strong training camp strong preseason towards the end and, and lambert desmond actually was one pointed out he's like if you if you Remember what Lambert said. He said he he didn't like start the preseason well, but he finished strong, yeah. which was yeah. good. Lamorelle said and, the same and, thing too. Yeah, yeah, and and you wonder if if uh that was just because they're like, oh shit, Wallstrom's gonna miss the opener. We gotta gas <laughs> this guy up a little bit. Um, so but the frustrating thing about it is like you when you watch them you're like, you're doing the same thing. Like hmm. if you, I don't we I don't think any any Islander fan would, would be mad at you for making a mistake if your work if like you're you're working hard mm. and noticeably doing the other things like you, that you're supposed to be doing. And that mistake is just a blip in a game where you, at least you, you, you know, you left it all on the ice, mm. but he just didn't do that. And and it was so clear by the way that his ice time was doled out after the first period. Like, yeah, he's not playing the next game. Like the, no. it, it, Lambert will tap Ross Johnson before he puts him back in the lineup. And, he, and that was, that was just the most frustrating thing for me because it was, everybody thought that, all right, this is finally it.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And now like they're at at some point, because I mean, they they did the Lou Lamarilla special where I guess Sebastian Ajo has an injury, so they didn't have to wave anybody. But eventually, (laughs) if everyone stays healthy and and Ajo recovers from whatever Lou Lamarillo-itis is is bothering him, like they're going to have to wave someone. And if it's not Bellows, I would be shocked right now.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know Kiefer Bellows personally or what his practice habits are, but he might be one of those people that's just kind of like, this is what they told me to do. So I'm doing it. And it's like, yeah, that that's fine. But like, this is hockey. And like, you can't, you know, there are no, you can only set up a plan so much before, like, you have to kind of come up on your, with your own thing. And he laid a couple of hits and and I thought he was okay, maybe in the first period, but then most of the team was. And then, like you said, he just, he just kind of wasn't on the same wavelength as everybody else. And, and as we saw in game two, when Oliver Wallstrom was back in the lineup and in fact scored a goal, uh, that made his predicament even more tricky because now it's like, Oh great. Now I had a bad game and the guy whose spot I am still, you know, he and I are fighting for the same spot. He went out and he had a pretty darn good game. So, um, you know, that, that makes his, his thing even worse. Um, yeah. So let's get to that. Second game, which, you know, if the first game was gave you flashbacks to the same old shit, well, game two was anything but. It was a 7-1 to one win over the Anaheim Ducks. They were great in the first. As Mike said before, Scott Mayfield scored off of a, an Anders Lee uh, shot and, on, on net and on John Gibson, and Mayfield was there to kind of redirect it in, which is not something you expect to see from Scott Mayfield, but good on him. Uh, then two minutes later, Dobson scores again, and it was like, oh, great, this is fantastic. Well, let's see what happens in the second period. They were even better in the second period. They put up three goals. Wallstrom again on the home run pass puts a backhander uh, pass. Gibson on a partial breakaway. Then it was Mayfield again. This way, this one a little bit more traditional from uh, from his spot on the blue line. And then it was Anthony Beauvillier with a beautiful goal of his own. And the last two happened within another two minutes and thirty seconds. First, so it was great. And here comes the third period. They're up five nothing. Gibson's pulled. Anthony Stolarz is in, and uh, the Islanders go on to have an absolutely Dreadful, horrible, tragic, awful! First, what three or four minutes or so of the, for the third period, they gave up a terrible goal. They were they were hemmed in their zone for a good minute and a half. Troy Terry scores. Then they go they to get called for a penalty. Then they get called for another penalty, and so they kill this five on three for over a minute. And that seemed even Brendan noticed like that seemed to kind of right the ship a little bit, and they were able to kind of reset weirdly reset after a five on three. And from that point out, it was it was all Islanders and Robin Sallow of all people, had two goals. And then <laughs> it would always be the Robin Sallow period. Uh, Kyle Palmieri uh, putting up a really nice screen for that second one. He skated right back by Stolarz. And by the time he had passed Stolarz like, like a, a lunar eclipse, by the time yeah. Palmieri passed in front of his eyes, the puck was already behind them. So that was pretty cool. And, I mean, it was, it was altogether a pretty dominating performance. They outshot the Ducks 38-23. Sorokin made 22 saves. He was really good. I mean, there wasn't much he could do on that, that goal. I saw some underlying numbers that seemed to favor Anaheim, which I thought was kind of weird because I mean, to me and everybody like, the Islanders just basically outside of that first three or four minutes of the third period, basically ran them out of the building. And so I was a little bit surprised to see that, but in any event that was the kind of performance we're going to get performances like that for the rest of the season. We're about to have a lot of fun. And I think a lot <laughs> of people, you know, this, this should really not be a big concern of ours or even the Islanders, but I think a lot of people are going to be if they keep playing this way and being this successful, maybe not seven to one successful. But if they if they get games like this in, they're going to they're going to there's going to be a lot of people around the league. that are like, wow, I didn't know the Islanders had that in them. That's not what I've seen the last couple of years. And they might actually get, you know, some nice notices for once. But uh, we'll have to see. It's been two games. so I don't want to get too far. Right. So but but it was a fun game. And again, the kind of game we don't see we haven't seen from this team in God only knows how long.
1: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun from the the second the puck dropped. Yeah, um, I, like I said, I was I was really nervous. Fantastic atmosphere too. Yeah, you know, it was the
0: whole time party atmosphere. Uh,
1: and a uh, hilarious thing, this has nothing to do with the game, but my dad and I were sitting next to these two uh, gentlemen um, for the second game, and one of them was the like he used to work the scoreboard for at MSG for uh, like the fire department games and oh. other places or whatever uh and i guess he maybe had done it for some ahl games or some like older minor league games whatever so he was like he was watching the game as it like in between the whistles was like the most exciting part for him like he was like he was like oh he's like that's a good call like you know up, you, got, you know, hit the red light so, yeah. so up offside. So he he was almost like watching the officials and as if right. he was you know stopping the clock and putting the light on and uh you know loved good line changes, loved how short the shifts were. Cause he, he would, he said he would always document the the shift charts and stuff. So uh, that was funny. But uh, as for the game itself, that the game on the other side of the whistles, uh, yeah. Party time for, for, from the second, the puck drop, it, it, the frustrating, there was like a frustrating first six or seven minutes where you're, the Islanders were playing really well. And you're like, Oh God, they're not scoring. There's a couple mm. good chances. Wow. Um, and then once that Mayfield goal went in, actually it was really the Martin goal that that kind of like everyone took a deep breath. Uh, well, they, and then then, they took
0: that away from from Martin. They gave that one to Dobson. Actually,
1: really, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so then after uh, after that, um, and and you know what, I, I Sparky was in our section when that goal went in. <laughs> it was it was absolute chaos going on there was just it was everyone was like standing up and there were like you know kids like screaming for shirts and stuff so when he scored um I, I didn't really have a great view of of it but um then so that that goal kind of diffused the situation and then the Wallstrom goal then set it into party mode um not just because of you know giving the islanders a bigger lead but who it was every it was kind of like he, he it the time stopped when he received that puck and everybody in the the building started talking like, you know what, this would be really big for Wallstrom. He needs to score this. Like if you're going to be a goal scorer, if you're going to be the guy that's going to be, be the, the, the 25 goal scorer that this team has been crying out for forever. The pure guy, the pure goal scorer. um, This is, this is, these are the types of chances you have to bury. And then everyone pressed play on the remote and he scored. Uh, And like I said, it was a party. Um, And, and this, this Robin Salo situation, was really interesting because he 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 had a rough go that first game for sure. Yes, very much. Um, but when when they put Aho on IR for you know whatever Lou is not going to say it was, um, <laughs> you know it, it just said IR. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we've got an, an official ailment yet. Uh, they're they're still working on on it with Aho's lawyers, I guess. Um when i was i was encouraged because i'm like you know what like if if he is the guy he won the job you need you you just need to live with it you need to live with the the rough games and 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 believe that this uh, style game is coming and and him and him and mayfield i thought were really good uh pelic and Pollock were, were awesome mm-hmm. yeah. uh this 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 style of at least for the first two games uh for some reason really suits adam pelic mm-hmm. i think i think it's because of his stick and, and like just his amazing hockey sense of, of where to be. He's also where, a
0: sneaky, good skater. Like yes, we don't think of him he, as a good skater, but he's very
1: he's, good. He, he's very good. at He's a good puck transporter too. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, he moves the puck out of situations really well. Um, I thought those two were really good. Mm. Beauvillier again was really good. Um, I thought Walsham was good
0: mm.
1: the whole game. Like even if he hadn't scored, uh, I would have been encouraged. <laughs> the one thing I, I will say was it's, and, and I think Barzell has been fine. Mm-hmm. That line, man.
0: There's no chemistry. they they, they Him and
1: him and Kyle Palmieri end up in the same spot. Yes. Yeah. Every other shit. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's it, a lot it, of like Keystone Cops action going yeah. on where they like just jam into each other all the time.
1: And, and then you got Parisi like on the other side of the ice, like digging digging a hole. He's yeah. like basically got like a jackhammer out and is just like jackhammering away in the corner, working his tail off yeah. and doing like whatever. They had a two
0: on one at one point. Barzell and and Palmieri. And Palmieri like skated towards Barzell. Yeah. He was like literally a foot behind him. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you got to give the man some room. He's going to give you the puck. And like, what are you doing right behind him? I, I you know, and again, I'm with you. They've not, Barzell has three points in two games. Like, that's not bad. They're, they're apparently, you know, one of the top teams in uh, um, uh, expected goals four, I think I saw now, which again, it's two games, like, whatever. But this is, this line has no chemistry. Bar- Parisi and Barzell, maybe a little bit. I think they they kind of know each other's role, and, and Zach I think is happy to either get out of the way or get in front of the net, one or the other, you know. And I think he's right. fine with that. But yeah, Palmieri he's out there trying to do stuff, and and he and Barzell are just not they're not working off the same playbook. I don't know what's
1: going yeah. on. <laughs> and and I, I get I, you can see where it's where he's coming from. Even that 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 play you alluded to, I remember it, and I was like I was like maybe Palmieri because th- Barzell has a has a way of doing the thing you least expect him to do right. on a, on an on-man rush. And now it's becoming, since he's been doing it for so long, it's now becoming, okay. The thing you expect him to do is the thing you least expect him to do, or the least conventional thing. So I thought Palmieri maybe thought he was going to pull up and then, but Bar- like he, Barzell was just going to dish him something f- well, while he was flat footed. But mm. um, yeah, you just hope that that gets worked out because the other lines are all working. So yeah. if you're, if you're going to, a Bailey bail him- i can't believe we didn't talk about this actually <laughs> the first game of the season you know it's a new it's a new era of the new york islanders when josh bailey is winding up from a first slap shot from inside the dots on that <laughs> dobson like threw one intentionally right. off the backboards and and it was going to bailey yeah. he wound up from basically the blue line skating in had yeah. the his, his shot cocked and man oh man if that thing went in, I was running, I was running down the stairs, running down to the escalator and getting on the ice for that celebration. Um, but like that, that, I thought that the Paggio Bailey kind of partnership on, on, on their yeah. line, which has now featured two different players has been good. Bo, yeah. Nelson and Lee was really, really good. So yeah, they were really good. Um, unless you're, you really want to piss everybody off and, you know, flip, flip around. Nikita Sashnikov or something like you're, you're, you're this is it for right now and yeah. they can get away with it because like the quality of competition they're going up against for the next couple games is is not going to be tough but they need to get it sorted uh, hopefully soon because uh yeah it's 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 just not Bar- Barzell has had the puck on a stick for seems like half half the games right. and and, and if he he does have three assists but um it's that the Mayfield one was very reminiscent of the mayfield goal against the lightning in game six Mm -hmm. where he kind of was like the late arriving guy and barzell hit him with like the perfect pass obviously this one was a slap shot but um yeah yeah they they just need to get going because uh it's at some point like that that line the other lines are gonna slow down and Mm -hmm. the, the fact that the islanders are you know one and one and have scored eight goals in two games with barzell Palmieri, parisi lee nelson uh bailey Peugeot not scoring yet uh, it's both encouraging and a little scary.
0: Oh yeah. The, the defense is leading the way, which is yeah. very weird. And this was apparently the, the game against the ducks was the first game since 1993 to feature two defensemen, each scoring two goals. And they never said who they were, but I'm going to go out on limb and say that uh, Vladimir Malakov was one of them. <laughs> I don't know who the other guy was, maybe Tom Kervers or something, but, uh, but yeah, that I thought the same thing about that line. And uh, I, I mean, again, it's not, I'm not a coach. I'm not Matt Barzell, obviously, but to me, Barzell needs to find a guy who is just going to get open and shoot. And the Islanders just, they never seem to really get open. Like you ever notice that? Like they never, they're always like in the middle of a pack of people. Like they never just kind of sneak off. Like, and I'm not even going to, obviously the, the, the gold standard for this is Mike Bossy and I'm not going to pretend like anybody's got to be Mike Bossy, but what, what Barzell I think needs is a, is a Matt Molson. A guy who's who was at the game, right? Wasn't he? He was at the, <laughs> <best player. laughs> he was at the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, a guy who's just gonna sneak off quietly behind a bunch of other guys. Nobody's even gonna notice him. Maybe because he's Matt Molson. Nobody's gonna know he's even there. And then he just gets hit with a pass, and then it's in the back of the net. To me, that's kind of the guy that Barzell needs. parisi has got his job, and God bless Zach Parisi. <laughs> he's like a he's like a, a you know a Swiss Army knife. He can kind of do it all, which is great. It's especially at his age. But like to me, that's what that's what Barzell needs, and I if if i don't know if paul mary is that guy if he wants to be that guy if he can be that guy cuz people probably are like you got to watch this guy he's going to be good but i mean yeah that line again they haven't been bad but there's definitely something off that that they need to fix so yeah
1: yeah, yeah they, it's like they get to the to the last part of the 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 adventure of the play yeah uh, and 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 that's the part where uh it's like one of those when you're watching like a movie where the it's like cops or army people and they're tr- doing like a training exercise and they're they're doing it well and then all of a sudden the lights flip on in the warehouse They're like nope start over like you get messed <laughs> up like because they get to like the very end where is right. supposed to hit Palmary with the pass or Paul Mary's who's supposed to shoot it and Palmieri or Priest is supposed to get the rebound and um that just never happens but yeah yeah I mean I think all in all from from Sorokin to Romanov to Mayfield to Salo, all well, it, it there's really been one guy who I think has not been up to snuffing and he's already, uh, there's a few things that haven't changed under trots. Um, the fourth line starting the game. Yeah. Uh, and then Kiefer bellows playing seven minutes and then the next night finding himself in a, in a, the press box. Those <laughs> well, are carryovers.
0: In fairness. So did Sashnikov because yeah, I came back. So, yeah.
1: And, and I actually don't mind it. Like, yeah, because I thought, as we said, like I was impressed with him and I was like, ah, that's maybe, mistake but right um what i don't mind is like th- that line is obviously like Mar- martin and clutterbuck are not gonna play 70 games like right. you'd think so uh and clutterbuck saw the guy came so yep. it wasn't a yeah wasn't
0: yeah anyway okay so there you go two games in and uh so far so good for the most part okay we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back we're gonna look at the islanders upcoming schedule which is packed to the gills Skills being a pun in this case. And uh, we're going to talk about some stuff off the ice that kind of stuck with us uh, in a not-so-good way. So please come back with us then. Thanks.
1: no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
0: and now a word from our sponsors first as always vintageicehockey.com where you can get t-shirts hoodies and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos they also have jerseys don't forget that vintage ice hockey also carries our al arbor and the island merch if you're not sure what the island is go back and listen to the last episode we got all new merch Based on the concept of the island, it is awesome. Go check it out at VintageIceHockey.com. And as always, our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from The Pinot Project. They have rosé, pinot grigio, and a pinot noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All are under $15 a bottle and are available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly uh so the islanders have a packed schedule coming up versus uh, a couple of really good teams and a couple of not so good teams so far uh tuesday it's against the san jose sharks thursday it's against the new jersey devils and then saturday sunday back to back against the lightning and the panthers the panthers game on sunday is at five by the way so if you're going out to dinner or something and you come back and you're like wait why is it the third period it's a five o'clock start uh when we're going to record our podcast that that night remains to be seen (laughs) but we'll figure it out at some point um so basically not a ton of analysis needed here. The, they got to win these two games against the Sharks and Devils. These are teams that I think are combined maybe 0-4 or uh, the Devils I know are 0-2. The Sharks were 0-2 when they came back from from Europe. I don't know if they've...
1: Yeah, they uh, they're, if they're combined 0-6. They're 0-6. Oh,
0: even better. Uh, and then, you know, you, you got to go down that Florida two-step, uh, which sucks. And it's never been kind to the Islanders at all. Uh, the Lightning are off to a bit of a shaky start for them. They got their asses handed to them by the Penguins and then they... They lost, the, well, they lost the Rangers game one, and then they got their asses handed to them by the Penguins in game two. Uh, I don't know what's happened since then. And then the Panthers, as we all saw, are also pretty good, obviously. So uh, this has a potential to be a big week. If they can pick up two wins there, take maybe one of those two games in Florida, um, you're looking at a, at a pretty pretty good week because then right afterwards, we'll talk about this on the next episode, they got the Rangers on the 26th, the Hurricanes on Friday the 28th, and then the Avalanche defending cup champions at home at least on the 29th. So this has a potential to be uh, a good week and pick up a lot of points or potential has potential to be uh, a week that makes us all throw up our hands and be like, yeah, it's the same old shit again. Um, But hopefully they know that and uh, can, can pull this off. The uh, devil, the devils uh, were a trendy pick to uh, be hot off the start. And they have not been Uh, same with the senators and the wild. And who were we saying before somebody else was like, Oh yeah, they're gonna be good. And then there was like no nope. Blue Jackets. Blue jackets, yeah, who are also 0-2. So so, you know, they gotta get they gotta get points out of these two games. Uh what what do you think of these two games in particular? We'll talk about Florida in a second. Yeah, yeah, they're they're
1: horrifying. Uh because <laughs> like you said, that what's looming is is really scary. And and I remember last year after the Islanders started that season five, two and two. Um and then they they lost to uh who uh, was it? Minnesota, New Jersey, Minnesota, then like New Jersey or whatever, whatever however it was. And mm-hmm. then um, that, that Panthers game, the light, they play the lightning first and then the Panthers. Those were the last
0: two games of the road yeah, trip.
1: Yeah. And those last two games of the road trip. And, and they, they started that lightning game off. Great. Yes. Parisi hit Barzell with like, or the other way around. Someone hit someone for, oh, it was Parisi to Barzell because Parisi didn't score for a couple of years last year. Um, and, and on a breakaway, it looked good. And then, um they lose that game, Pollock is hurt, Bailey COVID, everyone else COVID. Uh so you know, a little PTSD from the an early season Florida two step here. Right. Uh plus like you said, those are two good teams. And if you don't come away with, you know, at least three points out of the next four possible it's it they become really important because of then what's looming on the other side of the Florida two step, which is Carolina and the Rangers and Colorado. Um. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a frustrating. It, this is the NHL. Eighty two. You're playing eighty two games, and everyone is going to feel like it. I I think the Islanders are one and zero in must win games already this season. Yeah. Um. And I would say that for for them to not if if they win, they need to win on Tuesday for Thursday to not be a a must win. Their second must win game of the season. Right. Um. In, in my ledger. So, yeah, horrifying. Just really horrifying stuff here.
0: well it's yeah it it could be potentially horrifying for sure and then florida for for sure is horrifying especially at the lightning on you know on the road uh at the at uh amelie arena in tampa and maybe not so much in sunrise but still that panthers team is is really really good and you know not for nothing but like not that i'm not you know not that i'm i'm angry at the panthers that like i hate them or anything like that maybe they're good this year we'll see what happens but man, I'm just, I'm just, I hate, I always hate teams like this. There, there, there've always been teams like this. Like the, the penguins were like this for a long time. The flyers were like this for a long time, Where just every whistle. Somebody's got to get in everybody's face and do this whole thing. And there was a couple of shots of like Matthew Kachuk getting in Parisi's face and Parisi just almost not even looking at him and just kind of being like, man just go
1: away like <laughs> he's like yeah, this look on his yeah. face like he's very like your dad did this to me yeah like, like i'm like, old I, I don't need this like what yeah. are you doing just go be- if you want to go bother someone like you know there's yeah. <laughs> bellows is, is over there walsh like you know someone right. someone in your in your bracket
0: yeah go bother matt martin he'll punch you in the face and be done yeah. it's just enough with this and it's just like i get why they do it it's hockey these guys are all macho and whatnot but like Man, if I was <laughs> the way the way Parisi had that look on his face, I was like, "Yeah, I'm with you, Zach. I can't, I can't. Who has time
1: for this anymore?
0: Who needs this?"
1: You, you know what's weird about that two step too is that um, the island, like it's a seven o'clock game in ta- in Tampa. Yeah. So th- they're having the Islanders not only are they playing a back to back, but <laughs> they're playing yeah. a, a, a seven o'clock game and then they're playing a five o'clock, o'clock game. Yeah. Yeah. So like a, the, the the NHL is in a, in incredible at, at scheduling. These mm. things obviously as, as as we are learning today, because there's zero hockey a week into the season and there's zero games. Yeah. Just just the perfect way to get everybody really excited. Until oh, you're excited, NFL. hockey's back? Here's zero games on a Sunday. He told the NFL, um,
0: you guys have this. This is cool. Yeah,
1: got it. Like you couldn't you couldn't throw devil sabers at two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. <laughs> I would watch it. Like, come on. Um Yeah, so like it's it's a tough that's just a tough schedule spot. Like mm. and that's and and that's why these these two games coming up are, are important because you're not not only you playing two good teams. Uh, but the second game is the the Panthers aren't on a back to back, and the Islanders are on a twenty twenty two hour back to back. So it's a little a <laughs> little little a little, uh, little shady. But um,
0: and if you've never heard the phrase schedule loss, they have potentially two in this two weeks span against the Panthers, yeah. and then the Avalanche again uh, next Friday after you know, they're in Carolina on Friday the twenty eighth, and then they're at home against the Avalanche. So I'm assuming the Avalanche probably I, I always whenever this happens, I'm always assuming. You know, that road team plays either the Rangers or Devils or even Bruins or Flyers the night before. I'm not going to go to the Avalanche's schedule, but I'm kind of hoping that happens. But even if it does, they're still the reigning cup champs. Like, it's not going to make the game any easier, but it's, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Pack um, schedule. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it, it's, and they, they did catch a break, I think, with, with the Ducks coming, you know, across. The, the Ducks played like a home game and then traveled east, yeah. and then now they're going to get one with the Sharks. Um but yeah, the, the, the Avalanche actually do. They play the Devils the night before. So, uh, but uh, you you think the stuff evens out and and look like the Islanders are one of the teams that always ends up with like kind of the easiest travel schedule just because of the division and location they play in. But still, like yeah. a little frustrating. But um, one 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 thing that these uh, Sharks and Devils games and and you can even say uh, the Panthers game too is like the Islanders should. Have the goaltending advantage in in them all, except for the Vasilevsky game. So, uh, Sorokin as well. I, even if Varlamov plays against San Jose or New Jersey, which I'm assuming he will, because he'll get one of the back to backs as well. Right. Uh, and, and I'm sure Lambert wants to get him in a game before that. So, uh, I was actually
0: surprised Varlamov didn't start against uh, Anaheim.
1: I was really excited because I thought Sorokin was awesome against Florida, yeah. and yeah. he just carried that over. Man, he's he's so good. Uh, so, uh, really. he he, he's just the best i i like he's so much fun to watch
0: yeah no he was he was it wasn't that he wasn't good and just again we're kind of used to oh here's the rotation we'll
1: tell you who the starting goaltender is around february 8th (laughs) yeah
0: and and they yeah the one guy won't get two two back-to-back starts until march because the other guy is hurt or something. but yeah there you go so so buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a tough one for the next couple weeks Okay, a couple of things real quick just to, to wrap up. So, game one against the Panthers had an elaborate uh, opening ceremony. Eddie Westfall was there. Obviously, we love to see eighteen first first captain, first goal scorer for the Islanders. If you ask me, a man who should have had his number retired sometime around, oh, I don't know, 1981, <laughs> something along those lines. No offense, Anthony Beauvillier or any other 18s out there that have played for the Islanders, Mike Huff or whoever. But Eddie Westfall's number should have been really the first one in the rafters too. But that's not my call. Um, it was very nice. Ralph Macchio was there. we love to see Macchio. Oh, yeah. Gave a little rehearsed soliloquy. I assume he wrote <laughs> it as well. He's a talented man. He probably wrote that as well. It was kind of, he told everybody to like, okay, okay, be quiet. I got to say this thing. And then he did this thing. And then they had a siren. Now, apparently I've come to find out that this siren was from the Coliseum. Is that true? Maybe I didn't yes, know that. Yes, it was
1: something from the 80s, but they didn't, they didn't give that context.
0: Yeah, so it was and John Tanelli was there, and after Macho gives this speech, he they throw it to Tinelli and Tinelli starts to crank this thing, and it sounds like a burlap sack full of hungry ducks being run over by a very small European car. Like it's just uh, and it's like, What what is this noise? And like you can almost see all the people at UBS Arena looking at each other like wait, what is happening right now? And then immediately after the game started, they just completely ignored it. And that was the end of that. And I, even on Twitter a little bit, was like, what the hell is this siren thing? Well, uh, we got to give the Islanders credit because they saw that very confused reaction and immediately scrapped the siren. And they put out a little video before the game against the ducks of, of Sparky taking the siren on some kind of cart and just chucking it into a uh, a crusher that's at UBS Arena gar- in the garbage section of the UBS Arena and crushing it. So, that siren will not be making a return and kudos to the Islanders for making that disappear. And, you know, I I feel a little bit bad because I'm sure that somebody like in the game ops department probably really stumped for this and like went to bat for it and thought it was a great idea and made it happen. And then it turns out that it was terrible. (laughs) Nobody liked it. And, And it just reminds me that like, these sort of traditions have to happen, like, organically. Right. Like, you can't really force them. To have. Remember the remember the black jerseys? Remember the, the change goal horn at Barclays Center? Like, you oh can't just force right, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was terrible, right? So, But then you look at stuff like Yes, 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 or the Josh Bailey song, or, like, Ilya, the, the Ilya Sorokin chants. Like, you know, these things sort of happen organically. A lot of them start from Section 329, and the, but then they filter out to the rest of the, the crew, even the Peugeot, Peugeot, Peugeot. Like, people, we started doing that. Because the Senators fans did it, we don't do it as often as we probably should. But Peugeot hasn't didn't really have a great season last year. But like you know, it's just an organic thing. We saw them doing it; he's ours now. We do that thing, so you really can't force these
1: things on it. I, I feel
0: bad for whoever made that
1: happen, but I'm glad they made the right choice and got rid of the siren. That it, the, I think if they had given the context of what it was, yeah, I think it would have been a little bit better. Uh, the sound was hilarious. Uh, the siren to me was like the thing that of the the kind of game experience that bothered me the least of the, some of the stuff that they were doing um, because they did, they kind of just like, people were like, they blatantly copied the, the uh, hurricanes and yeah. nights with the siren, um, which it looked like, cause they didn't give the context that this thing was at the Coliseum for the, in the eighties at some point. Um, and then, and then they, they did like all the small things and and you could tell, like, mm. like, like you said, like there's someone in the game ops or marketing department and, and you do feel for them because right. they make decisions. But, but a few of the things that they did just reek of, you know, a, a fat cat or, you know, some corporate suit being like, you know, right. did you, did you hear how many people were talking about all the small things and how cool it was in Colorado? We should do it and then people and then i'm sure there were a lot of people who said you know oh yeah great idea in the meeting and then after the meeting like that's a terrible idea like you can't just (laughs) like blatantly copy this team and like like they did it with the the uh penalty yeah the, the mario super mario thing
0: that's the thing i was gonna say so the avalanche have been playing for years now the super mario sound effect when you know you grab the the mushroom and you get big for when the avalanche have killed a penalty and the islanders started doing that last year and like dude there's another team doing this. Like, right. what are you doing? You can't do that. Is it cool? Sure. Yeah. Of I mean, I'm an old gamer. Yeah, of course. That's cool. But like, you can't do that. And, and the thing that I thought about was like, there are a billion other video games. Just <laughs> pick a different one and say, okay, well, you're doing that. So we're going to do this. Use the ring sound effect from Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like, bling, you know, do that. Or better still, use the flawless victory soundbite. For Mortal Kombat. So you kill the penalty and then you hear flawless victory over the PA, that would be great. You know, and then you can't be like, they're ripping us off. Right. <laughs> you know, the Avalanche can't yeah. be like ripping us off. It's it's just embarrassing. Like it's it, it, it's
1: your Markian. It's cringy. Yeah. You know, it's it very is. Brett Your Mark corporate. You know, this this thing came came to life out of a meeting of people who are Watched probably not from Long Island. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't know what the Islanders were six years ago. Right. Um and even if they're not, the fact that that's what it seems like, just kind of tells you they're like, yeah, maybe not the and, best ideas. Um and and like we this this fan base it, it's so different. And I think hmm. at some point it, in some ways it, it the Islanders would be the easiest team to own and also the hardest because the fan base the, the expectations from the fan base are incredibly low. <laughs> where it's like you you hey, we'll watch the game outdoors in you know, in, in Massapequa at a rink if you just put up some stands and we can see the game and maybe <laughs> serve some hot chocolate like we'll be fine uh all we want to do is watch the game um right. so like very easy to please give the give the people good sight lines and that's basically all they're asking for maybe easy to get in and out of the parking lot which i think is still a little uh <laughs> escaping the islanders a little bit here but right. um you know and, and then on the other hand it's like probably frustrating cause, uh when you do try stuff like that, it just, it comes off as cringy and, and and there's an entire department for every sports team that that that's their job uh, to to do those things. But the the piece of advice I'd give anybody who is in that job is long Islanders uh, pride themselves in, in being able to spot phonies, uh, Mm. whether it be a bagel or pizza (laughs) slice of pizza or a a person, an accent, Mm. you know, like, it's just kind of what it is. Like, so if you if you do these kind of things and it comes off in inauthentic, people just get mad that it's inauthentic and and be like, that's not what this is all about. Like, and and Brett Yormark was basically chased out of town. I called him a crook to his face because like he was that kind of you know person <laughs> yeah. who wouldn't hear it and didn't understand w- what real human beings are like. Like. Brett, you haven't been a real human being in probably like 20 years like that's why you don't understand what i'm what i'm telling you like if um, you
0: understand those marketing emails if people like that send out then you're definitely not a real human being because right, yeah. no no normal human can understand what those exactly
1: things. like and it goes down to, to like this is just the way sports are they're like almost like you know poli- politics at this point where like the, the what you're reading is just going to not tell you anything and, yeah. and, and and you're better off just like ignoring it yeah. uh but yeah. uh yeah like just let it happen. It, it will, cause it will like it's eventually things will happen. Eventually. Uh, you know, there, there was a chant for Oliver Wallstrom, which I thought was, was fun uh, mm. and nice. And he seems to be like the type of guy who would appreciate that kind of thing. And mm. uh, so, uh, yeah, so there's, yeah. there's like that. The, things, things will eventually just like kind of pop and it'll work. And uh, there's, there's, there's a treasure trove of kind of weird Islander things that, that you can, bring back to life uh and, and we all you need to do to to, to have proof of, of what what i'm saying what you're saying is is just look at the damn mascot <laughs> it's yeah. a dragon it's a dragon who who is a holdover from who, uh, arena yeah, football team exactly and, and you're you're we're talking about something that's like inorganic and whatever and in in a weird way sporky sp- sparky sporky Sparky yeah. was was so inauthentic and so unorganic mm. that it worked. Like yeah. it just because like <laughs> he he he, rep, he really represented what the Islanders were at the time, which was playing second fiddle to the Arena Football League team that that played in the Nassau <laughs> Coliseum.
0: Right. So it,
1: it 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 like it can like things can work, but like you just gotta embrace the weird of of this yeah. franchise and not the Islanders aren't like the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Avalanche play in Denver. The Islanders play in a suburb. Like Hmm. this is, they're not like, like things, things that work for basically 30 other NHL teams and 120 other sports franchises is just not going to work here. Um, Yeah. And the the other thing I was thinking of
0: too, as it relates to the Islanders is, and I don't want to go off on a whole thing about this because it hasn't been announced yet, but the retro, the reverse retro Jersey is apparently going to have the fishermen on it. And, you know, a lot of the older fans are upset and they've, they've been through that. And, you know, I don't know if they got made fun of at a frat party or something like that for 25, you know, 30 years ago in 1995, when those those jerseys were out first, but they have become kitschy. They have become organically over the course of the last 30 years, a piece of nostalgia that people are fond of right now. So they're going to bring it back and people are excited about it. Uh, so, I mean, you just kind of have to look at it that way. It just sort of happened on its own. It took 30 years for that, jersey to i don't know if cool is necessarily the right word for it i don't think it'll, it'll ever be cool but for people to be like you know what I, I i don't mind that like good for you guys for trying that kind of weird thing so again it, it took 30 years but it organically became its own thing and people are going to be a fan of it i so. mean
1: the, the coliseum too became yes it, it it was raked over the coals for, for right. 15 years and then when the islanders went they we're closing it the first time all of a sudden everyone was like, Oh you, yeah, you just, they don't make them like this anymore. Like, yeah, they don't make them like this anymore. Cause you made fun of it for the last <laughs> 20 years. Uh, right. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And then, I mean, if, 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 if your home is like that, it means your the, the franchise is going to be like it too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually think that the Islanders game experience has, has always been uh, even at the Coliseum. They've never really, they never really forced things until the Barclays kind of right. era, and then they stopped, um, because they they kind of read the room, right. Uh, so let's just not go back to that. You know, it's, it's it's like it's if if you think if just imagine yourself sitting in the meeting and they're talking and they're saying, you know, would this be a good would it be a good idea to. To play, you know, all the small things right away, like they, they do with the app, or the, uh, the propose, the fake proposal. How do we ever? Oh, yeah. How do we forget oh, about man. that? Like that fake proposal thing. Well, like, it was
0: fake? So I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, but I, I will just, say,
1: but it was just a bad idea, and 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 idea, if you yeah. think that Brett Yarmark is going to nod along and say that great idea, it probably means it's a terrible one. Yeah, kudos to Shannon and
0: AJ though for analyzing it on the uh, intermission show. As
1: we when we all thought it was real, they did a great job there. It was so, bizarre. <laughs> About like that. <laughs> that was it's just great. distracting. Like it, I, I think we'll we, we we've been not going for long enough that we'll talk about like the ads, mm. the digital ads that are distracting. Oh, yeah. Another day, and mm. uh, we'll have to. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to save. Matt, Matt Murray's out long enough that we get to talk about him, maybe next <laughs> episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you just like that stuff is distracting from the game experience, mm. and the Islanders have always been a team where you show up to watch the game. You're not showing up to watch. You you show up you watch the game maybe you you play the fifty fifty yeah you never win and and you maybe guess the puck yeah when it, they do the puck under the helmet and that's about it like Spot- those those are what the Islanders fans are here for they're not here to yeah. watch a fake proposal or um, <laughs> you know sing along to Blink One Eighty Two
0: uh sparky is really the only distraction and, and usually he's for little kids and like the parents yeah. are like look sparky and the kids are like, oh, that's right. And when my daughter went to a game she didn't she didn't care i mean she was like three she didn't care about the game at all she just wanted to see where sparky was so <laughs> uh but again like you said you know it, it's what seemed like this is bizarre ended up being just the right thing so there you go uh also as i, I will reiterate flawless victory use it it'll be awesome and people got, oh man that's awesome because you know if, if they're going to use an 8-bit sound effect let's go to right to the 16-bit thing and then somebody can steal something from a sony playstation game for the next you know to keep going uh down the line but anyway okay a couple of real things a uh, couple of quick things real uh <laughs> all right a couple of last things real quick before we wrap things up michael dal cole lives uh he uh was released from his pto with the senators and it's apparently signed on with tps in finland good luck to him uh, Thomas Hickey was released from his PTO with the New Jersey Devils and was on TV on Saturday uh, against for the game against the Ducks. It was great seeing him there. We've been saying for years that he would make a fantastic analyst and TV broadcaster, and by God, we were right. So, <laughs> congrats! <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is like a regular thing. I, you know, he, I think he, I got the sense that he still was hoping to play somewhere. Uh, but he was, you know, getting still kind of, you know, discussing, I guess, and thinking about where he's going to go next and at home and home is New York. And I want to see him on more games. And, you know, I, I, if he wants to play, I hope he ends up playing somewhere. But if he doesn't, I want to see him on more TV because it was great seeing him there. He looks great. And uh, he uh, he really brought a lot to the to the table, which was nice. So,
1: yeah, I walked into UBS Arena um, Saturday and uh, went up those stairs at the, the the big entrance and looked to my left and did a double take cause I just saw you know, a <laughs> guy in a suit and it was Thomas Hickey um, walking to the damage G that's s- great uh, section. Um,
0: I know that face. Yeah, what a, what a exactly.
1: Um, and yeah, the Dal Cole thing. I mean, it took, we did our, our super specific bold predictions uh, and it, it took one week for me to be wrong. on one when I predicted that Dal Cole would score against, I mean, unless they play a friendly <laughs> against TPS,
0: well, yeah, I mean, maybe his his contract has a clause, like an out clause. Yeah, yeah. You know. he,
1: uh, and, uh, yeah, we but, have no uh, idea
0: how long Matt Murray is going to be out, and what the Leafs are going to do with that newfound cap
1: space. So, yes,
0: still plenty of time for oh, uh,
1: God. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you want to talk about bold predictions when you yeah. the, the fact that there were all these people predicting the Leafs to finish <laughs> yeah. with one hundred and seven. I shouldn't say all these people. There was one person predicting the Leafs to finish with one hundred seventeen points, and mm-hmm. that third game of the year they're already out there they're starting goalie for a while and you, you just it, you know what the the reaction to all this is going to be Who was Dubas supposed to know that his goalie was going to get hurt yes yeah the, the goalie that's, who's
0: been hurt three years in a row yes yes yeah, yeah. know that but uh, you
1: can't plan you can't you can't like plan your cap around injuries No, no you can you can certainly not right. trade go out go out of your way to trade for the goalie that's always hurt and then react that he's like Right. your your head fell off is falling off because he's he got hurt like wow i can't believe i saw that coming the
0: islanders moved their cap around for years because their goalie was always hurt <laughs> that was the number one thing they that was the only cap consideration they had was rick's gonna get hurt we got to find two other goalies we get, get
1: and dwayne rollison in yeah, town right like
0: come on get out of here that's why we get the sign bring in halak bring in grice because we know these guys are going to get hurt yeah. anyway yeah, we'll shove the Leafs talk for next time because I'm sure we'll have a lot, and we've, we've covered a lot already. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week. I mean, probably after the game against the Panthers, uh, but we'll have to figure it out. I would, I would assume it is a 5 o'clock game, so it wouldn't be too late for us to uh, yep. to record after that, but uh, we'll be back next week for sure. Check out VintageIceHockey.com. Buy Al Arbor and the Island merch. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project uh and read ice hockey every single day for your most up-to-date islanders news and discussion michael lieboff where can everybody find you on twitter uh the big League with two e's follow mike at the big League read his work at action network listen to their podcast wonder gold champions league right getting started or is starting champions league and then we got the world cup in less than a month oh my god wow i feel like i've yeah. been here at this world cup for 10 years so yeah. well, uh, this, not any world cup i mean this particular world Cup. Yeah. it's like for 10 years so. yeah there's a lot there's a lot to unpack yeah. so. so take a look so take a listen for those they, they come out every week and uh read his work at action network and uh, we'll be back again with you very shortly thanks a lot for listening and we'll talk to you later Bye bye